We're going to be starting Sunday school class. I've asked John Wall to open us in prayer. Lord, again, God, we thank you for the day you've allowed us to have, God. Thank you for the sunshine, Lord. God, uh, let it always be bright and shiny in here, God, because of your glow. And uh, Lord, help us, God, to, to clean what we need to out of your word. Give the speaker, God, the wisdom. Lord, encourage us by uh, the knowledge that uh, one of these days, God, you're going to take us home. I thank you again for us being here. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. 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 I had a conversation with someone this week, and I'm saying, is that better? See, I get, can't get used to which mic I'm going to be using, because sometimes I'm uh, a rock star, you know, with the over my ear, and other times I'm not. And it's a blessing. We have Dr. Paul Victor Greek and Makula in with us this morning. Amen. So I'm looking forward to the Sunday morning service. And it's just good to, to see him. And I was kidding with him yesterday because some, my brother, who's met him different times, because Paul normally comes many times during November. My brother comes out to go deer hunting and he gets to sit down and talk with Paul. And he goes, has that man started aging yet? And I said, no, I still don't see any white hair and all that black. And I don't see it receding. And that's, you know, and I just told my brother, I says, I hate Paul. No, I'm just kidding. No. Had a conversation with one people I was counseling with. And I said, if you read your Bible, you read that. You do your assignment. You read your, through so many chapters, don't you? Yes. And I said, how many times have you ever stopped and thought about what was going on in the people of the Bible and how that apply to what's going on in your life. We have a tendency to read it. And we read it and we read it and we read it and we read it and we don't think about it. Romans 15.4 For what things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have. God is a God of hope and he wants his people to be a people of hope. And I don't have hope in myself because we see even in Abraham and you see in Isaac and you see in Sarah, I know that in me dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that, it's not there. This morning, again, your memory verse is Genesis 18, 14. Okay, and someone looked at me this morning and go, I don't know that song. Because I was, they couldn't remember the, 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 the signature. Okay, and I started singing in 1814. We took a little trip along with General Jackson or Colonel Jackson down the mighty Mississippi. And Sammy broke right into the song with me. Okay, so he got the signature. It's Genesis 18:14, And the lesson today is, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer to that is no. And you know what believers do all the time? They limit what they can do for God because they limit what God will do in them and through them. Your devotionals this week, they gave you Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made heaven and earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Now unto him that is able to, 
do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh where? In us. And Philippians 4.13, I can do how many things? All things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Jeremiah 33.3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. But a people who will not read God's word will not hear from God. I mean, we can't get around that. Okay, and I want you to understand, we're going to look at the miracle of Isaac. Of Isaac, you know, stop and think about that. Okay, they're talking about uh, the oldest person in the United States of America just passing away, 100 and, I don't know, 16 years of age. And I'm going, man, that's a long time. That's a long time to live, isn't it? I look at it, and I, I, I look at Mike, and I look at Carla, and I look at Derek, and I look at Sammy, and then I look at the couples here in the church with the babies. And I'm 67 years old, and I say, oh, thank God that's not me. Okay, I'm in my grumpy period. You know what I'm saying with that? And you need to understand that. Abraham was a hundred years old. Sarah was 90. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you ever stop thinking the miracle of that? You know why that can happen? Because God is the author of life. He can give life where, when, and however he wants to. It may seem impossible to us. Right? It may seem impossible, but it's not impossible for God. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made heaven and earth, and by thy great power then stretched out arm, and there is nothing. What does nothing mean? There's not a thing that's too hard for God. But we think that so many times. You know, and we get caught in this, anything too hard for the Lord. Turn to Genesis chapter 18. We're going to be looking at Genesis 18 and Genesis 19 and Genesis 20 and Genesis 21 and then some verses in the New Testament. Hopefully we can get through these. You know, we pick on Sarah, right? Isaac's name means what? Laughter. Because she laughed. You know, she wasn't the first one. Look, Genesis 18 and verse 12, it says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? God, I'm married to this old coot. This is not going to happen. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And then he tells him, at the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. She laughed within herself. You know why? Because it sounded what? Impossible 
and foolish. It physically was no longer possible. She'd gone through the dreaded hot flashes. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It talks about her womb being dead. And so many times we limit God. Don't you realize that we have a God who brings the dead to life? He's the author of life. It seemed foolish. She laughed. It's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Look at Genesis chapter 17. Verse 15. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. This is already, he's already messed up his family because he listened to his wife and he laid with Hagar and Ishmael was born. Who is Ishmael today? The Arab nations. Who are the greatest enemies of God's chosen people? When you listen to the flesh, you engage the greatest enemies of God's people. And I will bless her and give her the give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations, and kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and did what? Laughed and said in his heart, he's no different than Sarah. You know, we talk about Sarah laughed at God, okay, or laughed at this thing. Abraham did it first. So husbands, don't point at your wife. If she doubts God, many times she doubts God because you know who is supposed to exemplify Jesus Christ in the home? The husband and father first. And he doubted. Shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old and Sarah that is 90 years old? And Abraham said, oh God, that I might do it through the flesh that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant in with his seed after him. He's 99 years old when this happens. It was a year later. He was born. You know what happens? We forget the difference between God's thoughts and our thoughts. We forget the difference between God's way and our way. I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I've told people before, this is the verses I used when God called me into the ministry. Because I couldn't talk in front of people. Well, I could play sports and I could play ball and I could do different things, but man, get me in front of people and make me talk. Make me do something that I wasn't comfortable with, something that wasn't a gift of mine. Because I, I hear it all the time. People, you know, it's been for years. They say, you need to find what your spiritual gift is and then give it to God. No, you need to give yourself to God 
and let him use whatever part he wants. For his grace is sufficient for thee, for his strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. In the base things of the world which are despised hath God chosen, yea, in the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are. See, which God takes that which you can't see and laughs at what you're basing it on, when you, what you can see. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Those foolish things that seem to you something, you know, and you got to understand, that laughter could have been a fear. I see people get upset when someone laughs when they're afraid and they go, that's so stupid. Well, that happens many times when people are afraid. They get nervous laughter. And then they get corrected for it. Well, wait a minute. What do you do when you get afraid? Do you bluster? Do you laugh? Do you withdraw? See, Abraham was a man of like precious faith. It had to grow. Anything too hard for him. You know, she laughed within herself. Not understanding the promises of God, not reading and trying to study the show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, will cause you sometimes to doubt. Not understanding God's promises many times will result in laughter. <laughs> I've had someone do that with me and I said, are you praying about it? And they go, huh. <laughs> I've been praying and God hasn't done it yet. Well, whoop de doo for you. He does it in his own timing. And you know what we hate? We hate God's timing. Because he's never in a hurry. You're strapped to the railroad tracks. And the train is coming. And you're waiting until the last minute. And then along comes Jones, slow-walking Jones, slow-talking Jones. And you're set free. It's a stupid song, isn't it? Nothing new under the sun. I mean, what happened with Sarah? How old was Abraham when Ishmael was conceived? She knew she, Sarah couldn't have a child then. It tells us Abraham was 86 years old. Isn't that amazing? And God didn't bring about the promises that he gave Abraham in Genesis 15. After Ishmael was born, for 14 more years. You know what we get caught in? 
You know, many times Christians do. Well, I got to do something. Well, you know, that's what God would have you to do. I don't know. I just got to. Does that sound familiar to some of you? It has been in my life before. That ideal of waiting on God, attempting great things for God. Brother Paul's going to give a report where he preaches. I'm not sure what the report is. He'll be talking to us about it. We will leave that for him. But one of the earmarks in his ministry is that which came from the man who came in. Hands up, what's... As I said, I'm not saying anything about it. All I'm saying is, you know what, Paul, Paul took his guidance in the ministry in India. William Carey? Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. And we struggle with them testing, any testing comes into our life and trials that come into our life to wait on him. And we take it into our own hands. Now, he goes forward and he does things. And you know, he says, if God is in it, it will come to pass. I can't talk like Paul. Okay? But you know what we do? We get caught so many times in that. We get afraid and we don't understand how or why God is going to do something. And fear can often become an obstacle to believing God. That's why Isaac's name means laughter. Harry said, well, that was because of Sarah. Sarah just did what Abraham had already done, laughed within himself. You know, and so many times, you know, <laughs> as a pastor, I can still remember in the meetings planning to do this building. And God said to me, you need to build. Was it that plain? In many ways, yeah. And I'm talking to the board of deacons, and I can remember Russ looking at me and says, Pastor, I don't see how we're going to do this. But if you believe that's what God is leading this church to do, and you believe God's told you to build a new building because the other one was too small, we're with you. And we'll follow you. And I'm going, oh, God. Yeah, I'm confident this is what God wants us to do. And I go home and I go, Judy. I've told him, God's told us to build a new building. We want more outreach. We want to do more things. And I know God has put that on my heart. But I don't know how that's going to happen. And my deacon's board supported 100% in presenting it to the church. But I guarantee you, in the quiet times of their evening, they're going, okay, preacher says this is what God wants, and we need to support him following this, but man, it doesn't make any sense. You ever think about that? You're sitting in a building that's worth over a million dollars. Do you know in less than five years, we won't owe anything on this building? There's already plans to build more for greater outreach. 
That's part of the vision of your senior pastor now. And we talk about it. And I say, well, I don't have that vision, but if you go forward with that and God's laid that on your heart, then God will do it. And then I go home and I go, oh, Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen. You know what we do? We laugh within ourselves. I don't care if you're afraid. I don't care if you're nervous. If God is in it, it'll come to pass. But so many people jump the gun and want to do it their way instead of God's way. You willing to wait? Hmm? See, that's one of the lessons you have through this. Whether you laugh, whether you doubt, does it change who God is? Is anything too hard for him? His promises are still true. John 17, verse 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. You don't need to turn there. And he's talking about how he wants his disciples and those that follow him to be changed. And he prays and he says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. When I first got saved, there was a big thing back that many years ago. People were putting bumper stickers on their cards, and one of them's cars and stuff like that, and on the windows, and it said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. You know, Karen's smiling this morning. You remember the bumper sticker, don't you? You know what Pastor Christian told me? He goes, Brian, I don't care whether they believe it or not. God said it, that settles it. We need to understand that in our life. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? We don't, the more you read this book, the more assurance you're going to have in what God can do. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Who would ever have thought of something? God's going to tell Abraham. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to have children as the sand of the, on the seashore, the stars in heaven. And in Genesis 15, it says, And Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for what? Do you know your faith is counted unto you for righteousness? But you've got to believe what he says. That's not blind belief in something. It's belief in what God says. Still with me? Isaiah 55 and verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. It's not going to happen the way we think. Sarah's skepticism turned into Laughter and praises of joy. She was given a son. I want to ask you. If a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman can bring forth a son, can God save anybody? 
Will he? They're willing to believe by faith that he can. They are saved when they trust his word. And how many times do we doubt whether that person will hear? How many times do we doubt whether that person will get saved? That's not my issue. I was riding with Mark Behay. We had had to go someplace. I had to help Mark. And we went someplace and we were downstate. And he had them had a meeting because all of a sudden people got it. He got asked to preach places, you know. He actually come in. I went with Mark and we preached in three different addiction programs because they Mark was unreachable. He was incurable. He was addicted for life. So we got to Mark preached and taught in Brylin Addiction Center up in Buffalo where they send the Buffalo Bills players who gets hooked on painkillers and all the people in there. And I can remember his counselor there, she's the one who made arrangements for him to come, was so excited. She's like, I can't believe what happened to Mark. And she looks at me and she goes, Pastor Legault, is it real? And I said, you remember what he was? This is what he is. God can do that for anyone. If you believe it more, believer, it makes it easier for them to have just a little bit of hope that it can happen. Well, we're driving down the road, and we go by, and I don't like picking up hitchhikers. I don't like anybody getting in the back seat behind me. I almost feel like I'd let the hitchhiker drive, and then I can put the gun to his head. <laughs> I don't want him behind me, okay? And we're driving down the road, and there's this guy hiking down the road with his clothes in a bag. And he didn't look real clean, and he had a beard, and he didn't look good. And I drove by him, and Marco's. Did you see that guy, preacher? I said, yeah. He's having to walk, isn't he? <laughs> and Mark says, God just told me we need to turn around and go pick him up, give him a ride so we can witness to him. Mark. I was speeding up so I could get farther away. And he goes, are you sure? And he goes, I know how you feel, but that used to be me. Can we go back? So we turned around, picked him up. Mark got in the back seat with him, thank God, and proceeds to witness to him and witness to him. We went 40 miles out of our way to take him to where he was going, gave Mark over an hour to witness to him. You know what's fun? Watching somebody bow their head in the back of your vehicle. Never saw the man again. We dropped him off and we drove away. Another reason sometimes we forget what God can do is because we forget what God saved me out of. What he saved you out of. Sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we cry. So many times we doubt. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
God's forgiveness is a greater miracle than when the miracle of Abraham and Sarah. It's a greater miracle. What do you have? What happens with that? Now we go, go back to Genesis chapter 21. Okay? Now watch. Speaking of Isaac, verse 8, it says, And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which he had borne unto Abraham, doing what? Mocking Isaac. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, let, not, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman, I will make a nation because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Bathsheba. Isaac is winged off to milk for a, and there's a day of celebration, right? Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. He was done nursing. He'd moved from being a baby to being a child. Two to three years old. That's a natural time for the, the nursing, and if possible. Yeah, it's a funny thing about it. Isn't it neat that God will show that even when a woman can't nurse, if she can do it for a few days, the baby's better off than if she doesn't do it at all. And that's medically true. But she nursed him. You ever think about this? You had a, probably a 15-year-old mocking a 3-year-old. Isaac was born when Abraham was 100 years old. Genesis 16. And verse 16. And Abram was fourscore and six years old, 86 years old, when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. So by the time that Isaac was born, Ishmael is 14. So now Isaac's weaned, he's two to three years old. That means Ishmael is 15 or 16 years old. Isn't that an amazing thing? See, because Genesis 21 and verse 5 tells you, and Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Sarah went from laughter about Isaac to frustration with the way her boy was being treated by someone that she caused to have life. Abraham wasn't looking to lay down with Hagar and have a child. Sarah said, that'll be my child. Well, the adoption didn't go real well there, did it? 
You know what that is? That's the flesh. The flesh. Turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 22. Galatians 4, 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by the bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was born of, he who was of the bondwoman was born after the what? It was a fleshly choice. Being too impatient with God. But he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these things are the two covenants. The one which from Mount Sinai, which gendereth bondage, which is Agar. Okay? He's making a reference from Mount Sinai. The Ten Commandments, the law. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, answereth in, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is the, in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travelest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of what? He's telling the Gentile believers in Galatia that they are the children of what? Little kids will sing, I am a promise, I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. Do you want them to know it? Can you show them from the word of God that it's true? But as then he was born after the flesh, persecuted him that was born after the spirits, even so is it now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the what? He's making a reference between Ishmael and Isaac. One is the way of the flesh. Don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do, 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 don't do, don't do. The law, the law, the law. I'm better than you because I don't do what you do. And the other is the free one. Isn't it interesting? I, was, I got saved. I was born July 17th, 1955. I got saved April 10th, 1977. Do you know who persecuted this new creature in Christ? The old man within me. Do you understand that? Your biggest problem isn't the world and isn't the devil. It's you. Only Christians can be double-minded. The world thinks the world's way. We have a choice, either trusting God or thinking the world's way. Isaac is a picture of the new man in Christ Jesus. 
a child of promise, of God keeping his word. And Jesus said, all those that come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Neither is there any other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So you have Mount Sinai, the law, the Old Testament. That's Hagar. Okay. Servant in bondage. She was a bond slave. And Ishmael was born after the flesh. Isaac is a picture of the spirit within us. Given by grace through faith. His was a miraculous birth. Just like it is every time someone trusts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You say, you know, how do I know when the opportunity is going to come? You've got to take them when they come, don't you, Larry? It may be when someone is a brand in the burning. But I don't want to upset them. They're dying. I've led them to the Lord at the, just at the moment of death, just before. I think one day they'll be happy to see me in heaven. Hmm? Ishmael is fulfilling his role. He's a wild man. The Arab nations are wild. You know, they, two brothers, they fight together. Muslims. And then those two brothers will get together and they'll fight against their cousin. But then if someone outside the family comes against the cousin, the two brothers and the cousin will fight against them. And if that other Arab, you know, the Sunni and the Shiites, you know what unites the Sunnis and the Shiites? Fighting against God's chosen people. There's nothing new under the sun. Your biggest problem is going to be your flesh. This I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. I was alive without the law once. The commandment came. Sin revived and I died. Whose testimony is that? The Apostle Paul's in Romans chapter 7. And he says, that what I would do, I do not. But that which I would not, that I do. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Deliverance is in Jesus Christ. The spirit wars against the flesh. Look at James chapter 3. Ready? Verse 14. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and... See what spirit's behind that? An unclean spirit, a demonic spirit, a devil. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. 
But the wisdom that is from above is first pure and then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, doesn't play favorites, and without hypocrisy. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The battles between your flesh and the indwelling of the Spirit. Ishmael gave Isaac constant problems. He mocked him. 14-year-old, 15, I mean 15-year-old, mocking a 2- to 3-year-old. You ever seen that before? I have. Our flesh fights against our spirit. Abraham, Abraham had turmoil in his home because of the flesh and the spirit. So God says, listen to Sarah this time. Listen to Sarah. You listened to her when she was in the flesh. Now listen to her because Isaac is the promise. For a Christian completely trust, to trust in God, he must completely die to self. To completely trust in God, you must completely die to self. I would to God that we were in that place all the time. Amen? Just because we're not doesn't mean we shouldn't strive towards that. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Romans 6. I was using this with a person this week in counseling. Reckon ye yourselves likewise dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. You still with me? There's only one solution. It never becomes a habit. You have to choose each moment who you're going to serve. Self or the Savior. You know what you're told? Cast out the bondwoman. Cast out the bondwoman. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Free woman. You gotta cast him out. Sarah had enough. She had Abraham cast out Hagar and Ishmael. It was hard because now Abraham had to let go of another fleshly choice. Don't you find that hard sometimes? But we still need to do it, don't we? That's right. That's right. He sends him, but he sends him out according to the will of God. Because God told Abraham, listen to Sarah this time. Because I'll not have the child of the bondwoman destroying the child of promise. 
You have to put down the one to raise up the other. We have to, you know, it was hard for Abraham because Isaac was his son and Ishmael was his son. And it's hard for us as Christians to crucify the flesh, isn't it? It's hard to put it down. It's always part of us. Romans 7 and verse 18 from the Apostle Paul, I know that in my flesh, I know that in me, that in my flesh dwelleth what? No good thing. You know what's interesting today? You know, there's hundreds, even thousands of those from Ishmael who are coming to Christ today around this world you don't hear about it they get put to death for doing it many times but God in his mercy and in his grace and his understanding saves the wild man if they're willing by faith to be a new creature in Christ turn to Romans chapter 7 And we'll finish. I promise. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know, see, i got to remember, the law is not bad. It's just disobeyed. For I know that is in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity of the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans 13, and we're done. Turn to Romans 13. Verse 13. Let us walk honestly in the day, not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in chambering, not in wantonness, not in strife and envying. But do what? Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not what? Provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to look at the lesson you want us to see from Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Hagar and Ishmael. And help us to take it to heart, Father. Learn that, Father, we must put our body under. We must die daily. We must reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin on a daily, on a moment basis. Or our choices, Father, will be not pleasing to you when we do it in the flesh. Help us not to laugh at your promises, but to claim them by faith 
and to go forward accepting them as your will in your way that you might bless and we can attempt great things for God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.